Welcome to the disturbing Halloween music. It's six o'clock. Mutiny Radio. It's time for the happy hour, the happiest hour of two hours of comedy on the internet and live and everywhere. I'll turn it up out there for everyone else. Who is playing the piano? That's very cool. Who knows how to play piano? Dan knows how to play piano too? Jesus Christ. Just breaking out all of his fucking hidden talents. You, you do tap and jazz? You can do a clean double turn? All right. <laughs> you guys. If you're here for comedy, we got it. Your first comedian of the night is going to really wow you. He's going <laughs> to, of course he is. What else is he going to do? We have, a, we have a, one real person with a soul here today. Her name's Allison. She's amazing. Uh, and we're going to put your hands together. Clap your hands together, everybody. For your first comic of the night, everybody. It's Dan Lewis. Yay! Thanks, guys. How you doing? Are you Allison? Uh, I think she said it just now, Allison, right? <laughs> I'm just good with names. Not so much with faces. Say they're like they don't know you and they're like I'm sorry I'm no good with names they don't remember you but they're like I'm good with faces like they want partial credit for not remembering you that doesn't work you know what I mean try trying that with your geography teacher like in sixth grade you're like I don't know the I don't know any of the states by name I just know them all by shape I know the square one I know that one yeah exactly imagine if you were good with names like that though but not faces. You could just walk up to somebody at a bus stop, you know, just be like, Jessica, right? She's like, have we met? And you're like, I have no idea. I have no way of knowing that. Uh, that is my curse. I can't actually know anybody. But uh, say hello to your friends, uh, your uh, parents, Fred and Debbie, for me, will you? Okay, great. Cool. Good to see you. Are you uh, from the neighborhood? Or are you a comic? Hmm. Oh, cool. Welcome, welcome. Is that your beer? You're sitting, settling in with a six-pack? Well done. I would like one, but I'm not going to have one. I do love beer. Thank you. Well, I'm trying to, yeah, absolutely. I got to take off. Sorry. Just trying to do some crowd work. What is that? Uh, churros? What is that? Cheese sticks. Nice. Uh, no, thank you. I'm okay. I'm trying to, trying to do crowd work here. I can't do crowd work on a full stomach. It's hard to do. You have another diner? That's cool. You guys, I don't know. Ah, aliens, you guys. People are talking about they're searching for aliens right now. Yeah, absolutely. And people are really into this. I don't like aliens, though. I find them to be. They're like the biggest Karens ever. Take me to your leader. They just got here. They're asking to talk to the manager of the planet. That's fucked up. They're saying we're screwing up the uh, environment, so we're going to have to uh, maybe uh, colonize Mars. That's what they're saying we might have to do. Uh, that's a weird choice, you know, because... Uh, as bad as the environment gets, you know where the environment is way worse? On Mars. It's negative 100 degrees and everything is one color. <laughs> Imagine, like, we, we colonize Mars and then a couple generations later we have to explain to our grandkids what we're doing there. They're like, why, why are we here? And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, Earth, our luscious planet that we had to leave, we had to leave it because it got five degrees warmer. So now we're here with a place with no trees in it. Cool. Awesome, guys. Notice not a lot of powerful women got me too you know? They weren't, uh, because that's, as a general rule, female CEOs don't ask their employees to watch them masturbate. Uh, 
Because let's face it, neither one of them has an hour and 20 minutes in the middle of the day like that. If that happened to me, I'd be as shocked and as appalled as anybody, but I'd also be like, is this kind uh, of my lunch hour, actually? Gotta get back. You guys seen that sign that says, uh, says caution, slow children playing? That seems, sounds like they're saying, it seems offensive, that sign to me. Slow children, really? Not as offensive as when I was growing up, though, because the sign simply said, retarded children playing. So that's... That shows you how language changes over time. Uh, so that was bad. Not as bad as when my dad was growing up, though. My dad was growing up, the sign was way worse. Had these quotes on it said, Caution, retarded children playing. Which I thought was like, Did they really have to do that? That seems mean. Thank you. Thank you. Not as mean as when my grandpa was growing up, though. The sign was way worse. It said, Check it out, retarded children playing. What? What? Awful. That was the 1950s for you, though. That was terrible. Not as terrible as when my great-grandpa was growing up, though. My great-grandpa was growing up, the sign was way worse. It said, check it out, retarded children playing, 10 cents to watch. Which was actually kind of an expensive ticket back then. So that was awful. That was terrible. Not as terrible as when my great-great-grandpa was growing up, though. That was then. It was way worse. It said, check it out. Retarded children playing. Nickel to watch. No Irish, no Jews. Terrible stuff, man. That was bad. Bad, bad, bad. That was the last one. Thank you. Yay! Dan Lewis, everyone. Retarded children playing. Retarded, that's my word. I was a special education teacher for four years. Oh, I get to use that. I earned that word. $24,000 a year, I earned the right to say retarded. Your next comedian, he's of a generation. They don't use that weird R word. Put your hands together for Newman Shake. Yay! Yeah, what's up, guys? I think... I think that generation also calls itself Gen Z. That's what I'm a part of. All right, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm part of Gen Z. But I feel like Gen Z and millennials are pretty much the same. Like we're really poor, and like really progressive. Like you know, like I think the only difference between like millennials and Gen Z is like I feel like millennials grew up dreaming about buying a house, only to be like really disappointed. And then I grew up being like, wow, I really want a dishwasher. You know, that would be really nice for once, you know. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting like really lonely. Like I'm taking scam likely calls in the hope that's the love of my life. That's what I've been doing. And they always ask me for like my social security number. But from like a certain point of view, they're just trying to get to know me. And I think that's really romantic. Yeah, and I've, I've been making some changes to my dating life. Like I'm only dating white women now. Not because I like them more. I just feel like women of color already go through enough. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, I used to be a Ross security guard, which you could tell because you looked at me and you're like, he looks like he protects $5 purses for a living. Now, it's cool. I like working at Ross because I would steal so many things from that store. Like, my manager, she'd get mad at me. She'd be like, Newman, you're a horrible security guard. Like, so many people are stealing things from this store. And that was all me, you know. 
like she wasn't insulting me as a security guard she was just complimenting me as a thief and i think that was really nice of her i also used to be a lifeguard and while i was working there they gave us this incentive with like if you for each person you save we'll give you an additional fifty dollars which i think is too much for a human life like i think twenty dollars is enough yeah but it, I, that incentive i know it's supposed to like make me a better lifeguard but all that really did was make me push kids in the deep end more often. So that was, uh, I, I'm not a lifeguard anymore. So I feel like astrology is getting out of hand. Like my friend, she got a DUI recently and her excuse was, I'm just an Aries. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you're an alcoholic, Jan. I don't know what sign that is, but it can't be a good one. I feel like we're getting to a point where, like, astrology is going to be used like, a legal defense. Like, there are going to be lawyers in court. Like, you know what? My client did kill eight people. But that's just what happens when you're a fire sign, you know? Like, Mercury's in retrograde. It's Scorpio season. I don't know what half of these words are, but I'm saying them. Yeah, no, I... They're making a lot of anti-homeless architecture. Big fan. Big fan. I think they should go all the way. Because you know what the most extreme form of anti-homeless architecture is? housing yeah um what else do i want to do let's see man i hate my phone i need to get a new phone yay yeah oh i'm a big fan of reality tv i like reality tv because it makes me feel better about how i'm doing as a person like i'm very single right now which you could tell very single but I was watching The Bachelor and I was like, you know what? I've never been desperate enough to go to ABC for help. Like, that's not where I'm at. I also like HGTV. I like HGTV because that's the only network that's explicitly saying, fuck poor people, you know? Like, you watch that show Fixer Upper? It's a weird show. It's a show where someone has a leaky faucet. And their solution is to destroy their entire home and build a new one. I feel like if HGTV wants to be more relatable, they need to make a spinoff of House Hunters. And just call it Risky Rentals. Or just a bunch of 20-somethings looking at that closet they stuffed Harry Potter in. And being like, you know what, the dream is still kind of possible. Alright, I think that's my time. Give it up for Pam, guys. Newman Shake, everyone! Hooray! Um, so your next comedian, Kelly Evans, is late, of course. Because he always is and never shows up on time. And he's like, I need an early spot. And I'm like, sure you do, bro. But I think I just saw him peek his head in. Put your hands together for your next comedian. It's Ian Langlands. Yay! It's daddy's turn. All right. Let's get into it. What's up, everybody? All right, fine. Let's have fun, shall we? You, are you having fun? This is a great start. This is good. Uh, I, uh, I live in San Francisco. I live in San Francisco and I live with two lesbians. I do. Hold for the applause. Thank you. I do. I do live with two lesbians. One of them is, is my sister and the other is a DVD box set of Ellen season three, but I'm going to count it. Um, I'm going to round up on that one. No, it's true. I do live with two lesbians. I live with my sister and her girlfriend, and it's great. You know, I'm gaining a perspective about people that don't see the world as I do. Like, I learned this cool thing about lesbians. I don't know if you guys knew this, but they're really mean to their younger brothers. They are. They're really mean to us, and uh, I lose every argument. I lose every argument. There's two of them. If a guy that looks like me wins an argument against two lesbians, it's a hate crime. So I just got to fucking lay down and take it. You understand what I'm saying? So that's the life I live. It's good. 
I don't know. The thing is, I, I get upset when I fight with my sister because I feel like the straight man and the lesbian woman have so much in common. We should really be getting along more, but we don't. And I think the reason why we don't is because we're trying to get the same prize. That's what it is. We're fighting for the same glory, you know? It's kind of like Israel and Palestine if the Gaza Strip were straight women. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? <laughs> That's what it is. And I can't. I lose the battle nine times out of ten because women, that's home court advantage for a lesbian. They understand women. They get it. Anything I have to offer, a woman can buy at the store. You understand what I'm saying? Penis. That's what I'm saying, sir. Did you get that one? <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> I, can't, I can't just do that. I can't go into good vibrations and be like, are you guys selling any uh, the ability to feel empathy? Do you guys have any of that here? This is going really well. This is good. Um, let's see. I'll finish that joke. I really shouldn't have talked to you. That was my mistake. No. <laughs> I'm looking at him. Did you think I was looking at him? Oh, that's why I was so weird. <laughs> well, it, it, was, it, it wasn't going well anyway, so that's good. Um, okay, we'll move on. Uh, I, I have a girlfriend now. I do. I have a girlfriend. Thank you. Okay, that was okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I have a girlfriend. It's good. I like it. Uh, the thing about being in a relationship is something I'm learning is that being in a relationship is just the impending doom of a pop quiz at any moment that you have to pass. That's what being in a relationship is to me. She asks me these questions all the time, and sometimes I don't even know how to answer them. They're so out of pocket. The other day she goes, Ian, if we were to have kids, would you drink my breast milk? The, of course the answer is yes. You know, it's like what in Rome? Right? This other time she asked me, she goes, she goes, Ed, if we weren't dating, what would be your type? <laughs> what? I don't even know. I, I can't look the woman I love in the eyes and tell her big booty Latinas with an attitude problem. I can't just, I can't just say that. This other time, this was the worst one. She goes, this is a real question she asked me. She goes, Ed, if we weren't dating, which one of my friends would you get with? What do, I, what do I even say? That's the most insane fucking question because it's obviously Jasmine. Have you seen her body? Good Lord. I think that's all I wanted to do. Thank you, everybody. I'm Vidian. Adios. Keep it going for Ian and Jasmine's hot bot, everyone. Yeah, Ian Langlands. One of my favorite people. You're so lovely. All right, so is your next comedian. I love that you have this weird porn stash thing happening. I'm really, I'm like, what has just happened to your face? <laughs> it's great. Put your hands together for Josh Kotsky, yay! I'm doing a Bob's Burgers Halloween thing. I swear to God, this is not just who I am now. This is, dude, I like, I try and go to like parks to write jokes out and stuff. And like, I've noticed that since I've grown this, I've been getting a lot more looks of like, why are you next to a children's park? It's bad. Uh, we're gonna do some stupid jokes today, as always. Let's do it. Uh, you guys see the the Kanye thing? Like, it's Kanye, but everyone's always like, "Oh, Jews run the world. Jews run the world." That's ridiculous, okay? Because I listen to Beyonce. All right. If you listen to Beyonce, you know who run the world? Yeah. So if you ever meet a Jewish woman, you do what the fuck she tells you. <laughs> all right. I uh, I think we're all getting a lot stupider. Uh, there's, there's a Hell of a vibe outside, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I like that guy. Um, we're all getting dumber. Uh, my great-grandfather told me that uh, when, when he was in World War II, he was a radar operator, and he and his colleagues would play mental chess. 
They could play chess, no board, no nothing. They would just memorize all of the moves and all the pieces and everything. And I need my phone to memorize my dick jokes. I, um, it, it really is crazy though. Like he told me that while he was, while he was in the military, he, he played a game of mental chess for every single day that he was stationed at Pearl Harbor. Looking back, probably should have focused on the radars a little bit more, but you know. <laughs> I saw this sign on this business that said uh, divorce attorneys. Good idea. All right, because like do that to them. Um, I never got really good sex ed or anything. Um, my my parent. I'm the only male in my generation, so I'm like the only one who can uh, move the name like through the family tree. And um, I think that's why they never gave me the talk. I think they're going for like the Bob Ross method of painting the family tree of like. We're just looking for a happy little mistake, you know? But um, no, the, the closest thing I ever got was after my freshman year of college, my dad uh, took me on a walk, and he sat me down, he looked me in the eyes, and he said, Josh, be careful. And that was it. Like, I don't even know if that was about sex. That could have just been about, like, not eating too much cholesterol. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, they, they gave us sex ed in, uh, in high school. That one was weird, though, because um, it was like Planned Pregnancy would send a representative to every school. They sent us a pregnant woman, um, which was weird. Like, I guess she didn't get the employee discount. Um, and then in uh, in college, I'm going to do all my abortion jokes for you, Pam. No. Uh, in college, um, like, they, they would tell us, uh, the sex ed was more about, like, consent. They tell us how important consent is, and it absolutely is. Consent is incredibly important. But I thought it was weird that like the they give us these pamphlets. It would be this woman saying like "no" means "no," and then she'd be holding up a stop sign. But that's not how stop signs work. Stop sign is like you stop for like a second and then you keep going. Like I don't know. I feel like it should have been more like a brick wall or something. Like you try and fuck through that, we're gonna break your dick. Yeah, that's about right. Um, I swear to God, that was funny in my head. Um, fuck it. Uh, I'm Jewish. I, I keep kosher because it says in the fucking thing. And uh, I, don't know, I think it's religion's interesting because, like, especially for the older religions, like you know, Judaism, Islam, all of the all of the laws and everything were passed down for thousands of years through word of mouth before they were ever written down the Torah, Quran, whatever. So, like, a lot of the things that we know now. It, it you know it could be wrong it could be just weird from the game of telephone like um i know in a in islam there's like the the 72 virgins thing you hear about all the time there's a translation that a lot of people think it's not 72 virgins it's 72 raisins saying that if you do all this stuff uh, you're going to go to like the garden of eden and the fruit but like how much would that piss you off like if you just blew up a tel aviv bus stop and you got to heaven and you were like Raisin Bran. <laughs> All right. Thanks for your time, guys. Yay! Josh Gotsky's new jokes. Yay! That was amazing. Yay, Josh Gotsky. I I had something to say, but I I'm I'm tri I'm tripped up that you're the last of your line. You must make more cats. <laughs> more cats. I'm a crazy cat lady. Okay, your next comedian also has a really lovely cat. Mm, so cute. What happened to Giraffe Corner today? Next week, we get to all be excited for next week. 
Yeah. It's okay. I mean, you've been doing, like, you, you have, what, 82 episodes or something crazy? It's been, like, 90 episodes of Giraffe Corner. If you guys aren't watching Giraffe Corner, I don't know what you're doing with your lives. You should be watching two puppet giraffes give you mental health advice. Put your hands together right now for Lauren Kraut. Yay! Thank you. Yeah, no Giraffe Corner because uh, Ginger and Shirley were on strike. They said, Lauren is too fucking depressed to write anything good, so we're not doing it. And Shirley, I mean, uh, Ginger said, oh, well, that's okay. We'll do it next week. And Shirley said, you're killing me, Ginger. You're killing me. That's a little bit of how they talk. Thank you, Pam. All right. What? um, Wrong page. I came. I dressed as, um, I, I dressed up. For Halloween, this is my adorable fun-size lesbian um, outfit with the plaid shirt because uh, I didn't. I was too depressed. Um, do you think cavemen needed eight hours of sleep, and how could they tell that they got it? How do they determine that? This kept me up the other night at two two o'clock in the morning. I woke up and I was writing this down in my journal. The word comes down from the Medical Cavemen's Conference that eight hours of sleep is optimal. People want to comply, so they ask, what is an hour? Where do I find eight of them? No? All right. We'll work on that one. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Are you real people? Are you comedians? Real people? Oh, welcome. Pam loves real people. Welcome, welcome. I'm trying to be a comedian right now. I'm not doing too bad. Um, isn't it a shame that gonna has replaced going to in our vernacular? Gonna, wanna, shoulda, coulda, have to. We've become a nation of lazy fucks. It's just horrible. I'm embarrassed about it, and you should be too. All right, I talked about that. How we talk is amazing. When you think about it, you get a thought in your head and you get an impulse to communicate to someone else and the words come out on a breath of air and then the miraculous part is you understand what I'm saying. But the fun part is when you don't understand, when miscommunication has happened or misunderstanding and then it's like all hell can break loose. It can be, and then, I don't know, that's still a new joke. We're working on that. Uh, okay, here's an old one. Um, over the years, I've accumulated a small, and I like to think well-written, pile of suicide notes. I'm always loath to throw away anything I might need one day. And it's okay to laugh. I'm still here. Turns out you can't over- overdose on Flintstones chewables. So last night I was traipsing down memory lane and I came across a few embarrassing faux pas and I wrote them down. I think it's better to say dearest loved ones than listen up bitches, don't you? And it's not really necessary to have catering instructions in your note. Like here I had, at my memorial service, do not serve red meat or pork. Really? What right do I have to ask that? If you want to kill yourself with animal fat, who am I to judge? In rereading these last night, I was reminded of some other valuable lessons that I'd like to pass along. One is it's damn near impossible to drown yourself in the ocean when you hate getting your hair wet. 
Also, leather takes two weeks to dry completely. She's not in her end agreement, you know. And kitchen knives aren't as sharp as they appear on TV. But perhaps the most important lesson is that if you reuse an old suicide note, remember to change the date. Because some people are sticklers about that, and they never let you forget it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's all I wanted to work on. Thank you. Do my time. Oh, okay. Real All right. Oh. All right. Um, I got to go, but uh, first, let's, let's pause for a brief second. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. And reflect on the concept of time. Everyone knows about it. We use it all the... Thank you. Follow it or not. You're late. I lost track of time. You work for it, part-time, full-time, overtime, all the fucking time. You get it done in next to no time or at your earliest convenience. Fuck you, I'm busy. You took your sweet time. Come on, man. I don't have all the time in the world. First time, next time. This is the last time. You're wasting time. Eh, I got time to kill. What the hell time is it? Time's up, Miss Kraut. At any point in time. But you can't touch it, can you? And we have happy hour, children's hour, darkest hour, hourglass, minute waltz, minute steak, New York minute, in a minute, just a minute, just a second, split second, hold on a second, who's that second, what's the first, I don't know, third base. Well, that's my time. Thanks very much. Good for Pam. Yay, Lauren Crow, yay, yay. We always have time for Lauren Crow. Hooray. All right. We're in a weird place because... We no, no, that was amazing. But uh, there's comedians who aren't here and are here, and so I'm going to be jumping around the list. But uh, hey, Brady, you're in for a treat right now. Hell yeah! Put your hands together, everybody, for Brady Pearson! Yay! Ooh, happy almost Halloween, people. How are we today? My name is Brady, as we've said. Thank you, Pam. Thank you, Mutiny Radio. It's good to be here. The, the veil is thin. Creeps are out. And I am talking about the politicians. You better vote. <laughs> Speaking of creepy politicians, does anybody here know who Lindsey Graham is? We do, right? So you've seen Lindsey Graham. He's out there talking about, like, you know, women, like the 22-week abortion thing. He's trying to get the past. And it just troubles me because as I get older, I just find things are so weird. Like, you know he hasn't seen a vagina since he left one. And he hasn't looked back since. I mean, that man is so fucking queer and gay. Just, it drives me crazy that, you know, of all the queers that we could have let live, it's him. Um, let's see what else I want to talk about. Okay. Yeah, and, I'm, and as I'm getting older, like when I was, and it kind of freaks me out, I'm doing new math. Um, so when I was 20, I could double that and think 40, right? Like I've got, I got till 40, right? 40 till 80, and you're like, yeah, I can do that. But then I'm like, oh, I'm 50. Ooh, right? Yeah, it's kind of, it's Halloween, getting close to the veil. Oh, she's going to drop dead. I mean, I have, and I have lived so long, I have survived AIDS, COVID, monkeypox. Um, is there something else we just need to get a vaccination for? I am so high on vac. I think I got vaccinated just twice again. I'm so high on them. It's crazy. Maybe we should just smoke weed. And I don't know, Halloween, I'm standing up here hoping I'm a successful comedian, at least dressed as one. Um, yeah, and, and I'm wondering, like, about our thirst for nostalgia. You know how everything old is new again. We can't, the, all of these new ideas that we don't have. Does anyone know Harrison Ford? Harrison Ford? 
So did everyone see him in Star Wars? We liked him, right? We liked him. And we saw him in Indiana Jones and the Razor of the Ark. We liked him, right? Has anyone seen him recently, just on Blade Runner 2049? Anyone? Why? Bless him. Did he really need to be in that? Did you know that he broke his, like he broke his, uh, I think his ankle filming that? Bless him, right? And then, then he was in, I think, um, Star Wars. Oh, my God, I can't believe they made another one. You, you've seen that movie, right? Okay. And he also broke, I think, a rib or a wrist or something. And in between the filming of those films, he, cra- he cl- crashed a plane twice. And I keep thinking, if we have the technology to drag Carrie Fisher's dead ass through space, we should be able to do some kind of precog or, you know, something to save uh, Harrison Ford. But let's see what else do I want to think about. <laughs> oh, you know, it's feeling very close to you all today. Very special. Thank you for listening to me. And I have these existential questions. Like, uh, been around so long. Like, think how many, how many miles of cock have I sucked? Anybody think about that? You cocksuckers, cocksuckers. You, you, you don't think about it. No, never. Are you anti? Oh, you're together. Okay, so you are good, cute. So the only other cocksucker is him. Yay! <coughs> and it makes me wonder, like, how I spent my time. You know, like, how many miles of cock have I sucked? So I did the math. So let's see, like, uh, average cock is what six inches? You six? Maybe. Be nice, maybe. Okay, one up, one down. That's a foot. They're four thousand five hundred eighty feet in a mile, right? That's a lot of. St- you know, my neck is really good by now. And then I did a math, it's 108,000 odd feet in 26 miles, which is a marathon, thank you. And that explains my last weekend. I feel so close to you again, and I wanna leave you with um, a song that means a lot to me from the boys camp that never was in Lake Putatinmi, Wisconsin. Oh, I love you, put it in me, put it in me every day. I love you, put it in me, put it in me all the way. On your shores, put it in me, I am yours. Put it in me, put it in me every day. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Brady. But it's in me every gay all the way. That was beautiful. That was lovely, Brady. Oh, I see. I see that you're. Not. So I was just. I was gonna do a set now because I, other comedians weren't here, and I was like, oh, this is the time. Yay! Hi, hi, real people with souls. Look at you two lovely faces. Yay! Do you know what I'm dressed as? Yes, from Texas. They put abortions on the shelf. I had to give one to myself. Go Texas. Yay, this is a coat hanger. And do you see how I have an abortion hanging from me? I hate that I have to explain my outfit, but I feel like I'm so awesome and political. Like every day I try to get more political. Like Halloween is the best. I'm like free speech America. I'm gonna dress up as a Texan cheerleader. Cool. It's funny, right? Is it too edgy? Am I weird? 
All these guys today have been like looking at me going like, hey, man, kidding, costume. I'm like, no, I'm Texas. <laughs> They're like, why does she have a hook with her? Anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a coat hanger. Cool. Yeah. Hi. How do you feel about abortion? Yeah. Fuck yeah, right? I have abortions older than you, so that's great. That's like awesome that you would say that. I had my first abortion in 1995, and I only have one regret about that first abortion, and that's that I didn't have the kid. Yeah. Because right now I could be fucking all of his friends. <laughs> 27 year olds are hot. I like them a lot. Uh-uh. <laughs> The craziest thing happened recently. One of my friends, I've been friends with her since she was 14. She has a child. He just turned 21. We smoke pot together. And I was like, dude, your son's kind of hot. I've known him since he was a baby. I would absolutely make out with Jackson. (laughs) I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that out loud on the radio. She knows the child because her son and that child are like best friends. Yeah, it's like, it's not, he's so pretty. Her son is gorgeous. Like, he doesn't know what he wants to do with his life, but I'm like, America's Next Top Model needs another pretty blonde up in front. Ugh, tall, boom. Ugh. My friend, I, her son's really cute. Cool, I love 26-year-olds. Oh, my God, they're so cute. They're so amazing. They're so young and so dumb. You love, I'm sure you love 26-year-olds. Yes, okay. They're so cute. But they're doing this new thing called intermittent fasting. <laughs> intermittent fasting. They're microdosing food. These cute 26-year-old men, they're like, oh, no, I'm intermittent fasting. And I say, oh, you want to mansplain anorexia to me? <laughs> like, I've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to tell me how to do it. I wasn't, I'm not an anorexic. I'm actually, I was a bulimic for many years. But I wanted to be an environmentalist. So I would vomit into the composting. You know? Renew, recycle, regurgitate. <laughs> that highly acidic compost will be great on the wine vines in Napa. 2020 Pinot. It'll be great. All right, the comedians have showed up that weren't here, that are here now. Uh, I'm just going to tell you guys that... Um, my clit is so big, I can use a Cheerio as a cock ring. <laughs> yeah. What's a feminist joke if you didn't? Knock, knock. Feminism. I can get my own fucking door, thanks. I think it's the precept of feminism. I don't know. A lot of women in the 70s burned bras and read books so I can talk about my butthole on stage. Me, 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 me. Which incidentally looks like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. It's the tiniest Arby's. It's got the meats. Oh. Cool. Uh, I've been Pam Benjamin. Your next comedian coming up. Yay. Clap for me. Yay. Hey, Jason King. You're here. Put your hands together for Jason King. Hell yeah, give it up for Pam, everybody. All right, cool. Fucking sick. There are always new faces. And someone trying comedy today? Someone? So, okay. Oh my God, give it up for the real audience, everybody. 
That's fucking sick. All right, cool. Sorry, I got a uh, cool. It's uh, it's Halloween. Anybody in here got Halloween plans? Yeah. All right. That's wow. Sad room. Um, cool. I I don't like Halloween. Um, because oftentimes Halloween is racist. You know, like I'll like I'll I'll be dressed up and then people will be like, "What are you, Eddie Murphy?" You know, and I'm like, I'm I'm wearing a Superman costume. <laughs> I think I think Halloween in, in San Francisco is weird, you know, because because you can't tell what's a costume and what's someone's identity. <laughs> you know, like I was walking around the other day and this this lady was like, I'm a witch. And I was like, so what what part are you taking that to? She's like, oh, I'm not I'm going to a job interview. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> other times you see people was like, I am a fairy. I'm like, it's July. <laughs> Put the costume in the box. Save it a couple more months. You know, all right. <laughs> I um, let's see. I I want to talk about an embarrassing moment. I feel like there's one that came on my my mind recently. Like I uh, I was performing at a at a talent show in school, and um, I had a friend who came to me. He's like, "Hey man, can you like dedicate a song to me?" And I was like, "Sure," um, but I didn't know that you're supposed to dedicate songs before you play them, right? And so I like got on stage, and then I performed, and uh, I was like. This song is dedicated to Adam. And then I walked off stage. <laughs> and the whole crowd was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this guy must really hate Adam, right? And I was like, I was like, I'm getting a lot of flack for this. So I like talked back to the crowd. I was like, Adam told me to dedicate the song. And then Adam was like, not like this. <laughs> you know. All right, it wasn't a great joke. It's a little story I wanted to share. Um, here's another one. I uh, not another story, but uh I think it's I think it's interesting or like funny how like people like parents used to beat their kids for having bad grades. You know? Right? Like could you imagine the audacity of beating your kids for the bad genes you gave them? <laughs> right? It's kind of wild. Like if anything the kids should come home and beat you. It's like why did you do this to me? <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know. I can't save us. <laughs> <laughs> I've never felt anything but inferior my entire life. <laughs> oh man, I uh, let's see, what's another thought I've had? I um, I feel like if you are disabled, you can't also be unkept, right? Like I feel like it's very hard. Like if you're if you're disabled, like you can't like if you have like a tick and a limp, right? Like the only difference between people feeling compassion for you and people shooing you out the restaurant are dusty pants. <laughs> I appreciate that, Pam, I appreciate that joke. <laughs> That's it, That's the only difference, you know? If you, like, think of, if you wore like a top hat, right, and a nice suit and you have a limp, people are like, oh, let me help, let me help this guy with the door, but then all of a sudden you put on like a raggedy pants and then people are like, ugh, you know what I mean? That's kind of, it's kind of, I got to write it better, but it's a good idea, you know, in, in print and in thought, you know? It's 100%. It's so fucking true. <laughs> All right, that's cool. All right, well, two Halloween things worked. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to, let me practice this just in case uh, they pick me for punchline. Um, but I'm going to dress up as Medea. <laughs> so, here's, so here's what I'm going to do. So just in case people don't get it, here's what I'm going to say if they pick me. I'm going to go up stage. I'm going to be like, 
Hello. That's the first thing I'm going to say. And I'm going to be like, hey, y'all, I'm Medea. And for the whites, I'm black Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Someone told me to pick the most racist costume I could think of. <laughs> and I picked something that looks transphobic. <laughs> yeah. Are there any bi women in the crowd? Yeah. Who wants to make out with an old lady now and a guy in two hours? All right, cool. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Have a good day. Jason King, I thought you were talking about Medea, like the ancient Greek, like from the play, from, I was like, how are you going to be Medea? Like the one, it's, it's, it was, I was thinking like the Greek myths and the stories from Sophocles. And I was like, how are you going to dress as Medea? But you meant the, the guy, the Tyler Perry guy. That's so funny. I was thinking Greek and you were thinking Tyler Perry. I was thinking Medea. Right, Lauren? Medea? You know what Medea is. Okay. Sorry, no one knows how to read anymore. That was amazing, Jason King. You're incredible. I really thought the whole time, I was like, wow, what a costume. He's going to dress as Medea? Like, Medusa, I get it, but okay. Your next comedian, put your hands together, everybody, for Ajay Damodaran. Hello. Oh. Hi guys, how you doing? You guys, we got some audience. You guys, you guys, comics or? Anyway, cool, cool. I like how you guys are all like dope outfit. By the way, it's like different colors. That's not anything. I don't know why I said that. Uh, hi guys. <laughs> Should I do jokes that actually work, or can I work on you shit? Is that okay? I. All right, whatever. Um, my name's AJ. Uh, my best friend from childhood. His his name's also AJ, which is like the laziest way to make best friends. But uh, it also it also hit me recently that like I can never explain like why he is reasonable in an argument. Like I can never tell another person about that because it just sounds like I'm threatening them in the third person. Right? It's like, listen, Jay's a really reasonable guy. So if he slaps you in the mouth, I think you had it coming. Like I can't ever. <laughs> okay, maybe that's something. Um, I I have uh I have this this friend. That uh, he he he's not very good with women. It's not me. Uh, it's uh, uh <laughs> he he. The thing is, he also blames like why he's not good with women on the wrong things, right? He's like he uses really shitty pickup lines just to seem kind of quirky, right? But he keeps on blaming like his success rate on how like he looks, right? And it's hard to get behind him on this because it's like this has been, he's been doing this for like years, right? So anytime he like he starts like moaning about it, I'm like, dude. You say shit like, hey, girl, are you a hydro flask? Because I want to refill you every few hours. That's that's a fucking, like, it's not because you're ugly, bro. It's just because you're a fucking, I don't know. I, I thought of that pickup line. I apologize. Ew. <laughs> Listen, that's hilarious. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm bad with eye contact. I'm not autistic, but I, I, I... I have a lot of empathy for autistic people because like I know what it feels like to be a third wheel on a date like and I feel like I watched this show uh extraordinary like lawyer attorney woo it's like this Korean drama about this autistic girl she's a lawyer but she's like just trying to make it in the world right and she's always like awkward like she got that little awkward step 
and I know what that feels like, right? Like I've been that friend, like trying to figure out whether I can go dance with my two other friends on the dance floor. I mean, like, uh, uh, I don't want to say anything. Oh, they're making out. Uh, I shouldn't join. Okay. There's nothing there. I'll work on that. It's all good. Um, I just, I, uh, I just got back in from, from Italy. I was there a couple of weeks and, uh, hell yeah. They fuck it. Disposable income. Let's go. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, on the way in, I realized that you, the U S is really like weird with reentry, right? They ask like, like really, they're, they're really paranoid. Right. But the questions they ask, I feel like are bad questions. Like one of the questions they asked was like, are you s traveling with any suspicious powder? Right, which is like, dude, look at my skin. I, it's the only powder that I'm traveling with is fucking dandruff, bro. You want to taste? Right. You should really be asking, are you traveling with any suspicious cream, and would you like to put it on right now? Because it's making everybody feel uncomfortable. Uh, I feel like I'd be a shitty terrorist, also, because like, I'm very incompetent. Like, I was in Italy, and I went to a gelato place, and I didn't want to eat gelato, but my friends made me. And they're like, go get something. And I, I didn't want to just get anything. So I was like, hey, is this, is this one good? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, was it, is it sweet? And they're like, yeah, gelato's sweet, you dumb motherfucker. They didn't say that part, but they, everything else, I was like, I was just trying to make conversation. Fuck you. Uh, okay, that was kind of a strange end, but you guys have been fun. I'm going to get out of here. Have a nice night. Cool that you were in Italy for a while. Where are you? Are you in Naples? Or are you in? God, I love Naples. Yeah, fuck Rome. That place sucks. If you, the only reason to go to Rome is if you have money. But if you don't, Naples. Oh my God, the best food and holy shit. Uh, and the Greeks were there before time. Anyway, we're moving on. Your next comedian totally is awesome and is fixing the computers here at Mutiny Radio. Clap your hands together for Dominic Delegato. Yay! <laughs> Hello, um, my name is not Dominic Delgado, my name is Dominic Delgadillo. Uh, every time I sign up for open mics for the last four months, I've just put Dominic D because I got tired of people saying it wrong. No no offense, it's, a, it's 10 letters long. Learning cursive was bullshit. My name is 27 letters long. Person who sat in front of me had no middle name, her name is Cindy Lee, and she was like, why does it take you so long to sign your name? Like, my first name is longer than every name in your family, that's why. Um, I make a lot of bad decisions. One of them is I go to KFC Taco Bell a lot, uh, or K-Fuck Bell, as I like to call it. Yeah, <laughs> it's delicious and terrible for you, but it's also salty and sugary, so it's everything you could want. And uh, they'll, they'll ask you your name. I don't know if, make noise if you've ever gone to K-Fuck Bell before. Just me. Okay, cool. So all you are healthy. Uh, I'm not. I go to KFC Taco Bell, and they'll ask you for your name for the order. And I'll say Dominic, and th three out of five times, they'll say Thomas. Yeah, I don't, I don't care if you know my real name. A lot of times you just give me a number. Now you've given me a name that's not mine. And you're going to say Thomas, and that's fine. You can be like, Ezekiel? Yeah, that's fucking me. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever it is. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll say the name, and I'll go get my food, and then I'm done with my day. And uh, I feel like names are very strange because they're mouth noises, and then it puts a thought in your head. So like, a J. To be talking about himself in the third person or talking about his friend. But like Elon Musk was able to name his kid after the Pythagorean theorem and no one gave him shit for it. Uh, I, I've always been kind of a fat ass. Like I've entered pie eating contests just because someone said free pie. 
these aren't jokes. These are, this is my real life. Um, what's really weird is, ordinarily people are like, Dominic, you can't eat a whole pie to yourself. But if you're on a stage amongst other people, people will cheer you on to not use your hands to eat pie. There's more written down. Um, so vaginas are delicious, am I right? Ajay? No, okay. Um, that said, I've uh, I've spent the last few years just like really fantasizing, daydreaming, staring off in the distance, thinking about how nice it'd be to suck a dick. And uh, everyone's like, you know, you can just find that. And it's true. You could, if you wanted to, anyone could just go to a place and find a dick that they could suck. But inside me, while I am trying to be a hoe, there is a tiny little 12-year-old romantic who's like, I want it to be the dick of my lover. Like, I want... I want it to be special for the first one. After that, yeah, I can hoe it up, but until then, they seem smooth. I don't know. Um, I've always been largely indifferent to sex, even though I've had a lot of sex, because I think most of the times people talk about like manifestation, it's how, how much can you live without something, and that's the likelihood that you'll get that thing. And I could live without sex forever, and it keeps falling in my lap. Ooh, that does kind of work. Um, I've done a lot of weird stuff sexually because people have asked, and I would say nicely, but some of it has been downright aggressive. Uh, someone asked me to spit in their mouth, and I don't—I say asked, but really like demanded. Um, and I did, and I don't know why. Basically, I don't know if you know about Star Trek, but there's a character named Data. He's trying to be human, and he gains emotions and whatnot. Uh, episode two of Star Trek: The Next Generation—they prove that Data knows how to have sex, and. Uh, Oh God, no! There was so much more to that, but uh, I'll just I'll just end on this joke that I wrote a long time ago and I loved. Uh, I've never had a sex drive. I've always been more of a sex passenger. I'm not the kind of person who's going to be like outside your house at 2 a.m. like Stacy, you up? But if you pull up in front of my house at 2 in the morning, honking the horn, being like, "You want to go for a ride?" I could always eat. Delgadillo, everyone. It's a long way down to the bottom of a warp core. That's what I learned, not from Data, but from Jordy. <laughs> yes, I love Star Trek Next Gen. All right, your next comedian. Clap your hands together. Just came back from a whole European tour. That's amazing. It's Dan Guan. Yay! <laughs> What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Oh, it's Halloween, am I right? That's cool. Oh, you two are actually together. Like, you guys are real people, and, you're, and you two are together? That's cool. That's cute. Yeah, you guys look adorable together. I love... Did you guys pick, like, the same outfit together as well? Somewhat similar. Yeah, somewhat similar. That's cool, because you're, like, the white version of her. So that's kind of... That's crazy. i never seen devil like that. That's crazy. Um, that's cool. All right, we'll get straight into it. Uh, I just came back from Maine, guys. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, I'm actually originally from Boston. Um... All right, one white guy in the back agrees. Cool. He's like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, no, yeah. And I, I, like, I like telling people I'm from Boston, but a lot of people get it like they look at me weird in that way because I understand I'm like an oxymoron, right? Because they look at me and they're like, this guy looks like he went to Harvard, uh, but he doesn't sound like he dropped out of high school. Like, what's going on? I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. Um, more specifically, though, when I, grew, when I grew up in Boston, I grew up in a, actually a, spe a specific town. It's called Canton. And Canton was a very white town. 
you know, to give you an idea of how white the town was. Uh, I was the only Asian kid there. The two famous people that, that graduated from my high school was a hockey player for the New Jersey Devils and Bill Burr. Yeah. So anyone else graduate with people with anger issues? Anybody? No? Uh, just me? Cool. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. I think being the only Asian kid in like a, in an all-white high school can be pretty rough because I feel like I really tried to simulate. Like, I'll admit, I tried really hard to be white in high school. I did everything, right? Like, I started wearing my cap backwards. I started going to tailgates. I started dating Asian women. Like, I just tried everything to be a white dude. It just didn't work out, you know? And that shit is crazy. Uh, the other fun thing about being in Canton is that also, like, my parents are from Canton, China, right? And so a lot of times people will come up and ask me, they're like, dude, why did your parents move from Canton, China to Canton, Massachusetts? And I didn't know what to say. So my only best answer was, uh, they were just trying to find home. Okay, that one might work. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Um, some of you guys might, might also notice too, that my, my dad also ran a restaurant uh, back in the day. Yeah, he ran a restaurant. And, uh, you know, I don't like this, like, talk about how people say immigrants don't contribute much to society or aren't are, are deliberate workers. Like, my dad's the smartest businessman I know, right? Like, growing up, he fixed his own labor shortage problem. The only thing he did different was that he took take your kid to work day into make your kid work today, you know? Like, <laughs> like ain't that amazing? That's so crazy. But I think also, like, I, and I worked at a damn restaurant all the damn time, right? And especially in high school, shit gets really tough. Like, I think working at a Chinese restaurant, it makes dating tough. Because no girl's ever going to think that some dude working at a Chinese restaurant is a flex. Like, you ain't seen me in high school going up to people being like, hey, Becky, you want to come go and see my fish tank? I know a guy at my place. He might even let you pick the fish out. All right, that's cool. That's cool. It makes it super tough, right? You can't date in high school when you work in a Chinese restaurant. Like, I remember I, I once asked this girl out to prom, and I showed up to her house, knocked on the door, and her parents looked at me and was like, huh. We didn't order any Chinese food. I was like, no, I, I'm here to pick up your daughter. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. We didn't order an Uber either. So like, oh, that's more sad. Oh, don't save, save your eyes for later. Oh, God. Oh, we're not going to answer that, Pam. Oh, man. Okay, cool. I'll end on this one joke. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, think, uh, I think white women are very misunderstood. Like, white lady, wouldn't you understand? White women are misunderstood. He's like, yeah, I might say about that. Anyway. Um, no, because I, I think about it, though, because I think that, see, y'all have, like, a really great, y'all have privilege, but when you misuse privilege, it doesn't work out well, right? Because when we think about white women, we always think about, like, you know, you can, you can care in people, you can be racist, but if you use your powers for good, we got to think about all your greatest contributions to society, like oat milk. One white lady agrees. Okay, never mind. All right. Anyway, anyway I'm in Dan Guan. Y'all have been dope. Thanks so much. Yeah, Dan Guan, everybody, and oat milk. It's creamy. It's nut balls. How does that, how is it oatmeal and it's creamy? I, I mean, vegans, maybe you got something right. I don't know. Uh, your next comedian, we're on the East Coast. We're going to stay there. We're going from Boston all the way to Vermont. New transplant here to San Francisco. Put your hands together for Sam West. Yeah. All right. What's going on, everybody? I'm glad to be here. I grew up with a single dad. Growing up with a single dad is tough. He didn't know what to do. Like, he didn't really know what cribs were growing up, so he'd take me to the laundry room every night and tuck me in and just put me in the dryer. It was awful, because I'd toss and turn all night in my sleep. He was always there for me, though. I got to give him credit where credit's due, you know? Like, I remember one night, I caught the monster under my bed masturbating. 
And I did what any terrified child would do. I called out for my dad in terror. Dad, dad. And he came so fast. Lived with my grandfather for a while, old World War II guy. He lost his fingers in a lawnmower accident. He was so traumatized, even if he heard a lawnmower from that point on, he'd break down and start biting his toenails. He was an ex-Air Force, skydiving, took me skydiving once. It was pretty crazy. Something went wrong, and we almost fell onto my school. They had to evacuate the whole place. So if you're wondering how close I was to being a school parachuter, throw some new shit in here, sorry. <laughs> I had a drug problem. I had to give it up. I knew I had a problem because I couldn't do basic household chores. You know, like I remember one time I fucked up vacuum cleaning. If you're wondering how high you have to be to fuck up vacuuming, very, my, my headphones were so loud, I was jamming out, and I realized the vacuum was off the whole time. And I was like, fuck, man. I just gave my house a 47-minute belly rub. It's wild how the government made all the good drugs illegal and the bad ones stay illegal, you know? Like, that's like if they said, you can watch porn, but only Grammy and Grampy, you know? You search MILF POV, you're, gonna, you're looking at 15 to 25 years. <laughs> All right, new stuff. <laughs> All right. I think the guy who invented candles and the guy who invented dildos were very similar people. Except one guy just wanted to set the mood, you know? The ambiance. And the other guy just wanted to put fiery sticks in dirty places. I hate promiscuous hookups, you know, pr hookups with no strings attached. You know, like, I like the strings. Give me the strings. That's why I only fuck puppets now. I had to break it off with Pinocchio last week. He kept saying shit with this, just too kinky for me during sex, like, I'm a real boy. My girlfriend says I need to be more inclusive, you know? I'm trying to keep up, but I can't keep up with all the acronyms. And I'm not talking about LGBTQ and things like that. That's all fine. I'm talking more about things like POTUS. Like we used to just say the President of the United States. We used to just say the Supreme Court. Now we say SCOTUS. We used to just say transgender Ukrainian people of color. Now we say Tupac. Yeah, I'm from Vermont, close to Boston. Grew up going to Boston. Vermont is statistically the whitest state in the Union. Darkest thing to come out of Vermont, grade A maple syrup. Very white place, yeah. I, I think it goes back and forth with Maine. It's kind of like a fucked up game of ping pong, but instead of a white ball, it's a single black family going over the border to get groceries. I'll end with this. My girlfriend and I wanted a pet. I had a pet alien as a kid. Thought about it, but I was like, nah, I hated cleaning up that thing's crap circles in the litter box. Thought about it more, then we're like, ah, oh, we're not really ready for a dog. So we adopted a highway, and I love that highway. I took it out for a walk every day. We had to put it down last week. I'm pretty bummed about it. Got run over by a car. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Hooray I wanted to listen to your set outside, but a real wolf, a real, real wolf, a real coyote was running across the street and I got to be like coyote be safe and so there was a real coyote that was running across the street it was nuts like we saw it outside anyways 
um, the world's falling apart and coyotes are among us and that's beautiful but also very scary. And yay for Sam West, yay. <laughs> I've got this weird Halloween music behind everything tonight and I'm very excited about it. But I'm also excited about the two fucking coyote I saw on the street. Put your hands together for your next comedian, everybody. It's Kavita, Kavita, Kavita Sings. <laughs> Thanks, Pam. <laughs> All right, guys, so um, I'm not into one-night stands, okay? I've had one one-night stand, um, and that was my last. I was 21, and I met this guy at a bar. He was 34, and we went home together, um, and there was, like, for a play, but he couldn't get hard. Like, getting it up, like, getting him hard was like making a sandcastle because it kept slipping through my fingers. Um, and, you know, it was, it was really hard. I was, I, was, I was really dedicated. I was like, Ryan the pepper, grind the pepper, grind the pepper. And it just wouldn't get up. And eventually, I was just like, I'm really tired. Like, I think we should stop. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I, I should probably tell you. Um, I've been stressed because my brother has cancer. Are you sure it's not the whiskey? You know, like, he could have said anything else. This was a one-night stand, you know? I didn't owe, he didn't owe me anything. He could have just been like, I was in a fishing accident, or like, like, my dick doesn't like Indian woman. Like, it's not racist, it's just preference, you know? And I would have left, and it would have been totally fine, you know? I had a final that morning, so, because I was 21 and he was 34. Um, but, but he did it and he, you know, he still like wanted to keep the vibe going. He, he was like, I'm so sorry. I, I killed the vibe. I'm like, yeah, well, cancer kind of does that. Um, and then he was like, oh, let, let's, let's keep it going. So then he tried to go, he, he wanted to go down on me. And I was like, no, this is really bad. Cause it's like, someone just like sucked all the optimism out of my pussy, you know? So I was like, think sexy thoughts. I was like, okay, okay, sexy thoughts, sex, sexy thoughts. Okay, ah, uh, the time that I got a library card, you know? And, and then he was like, two fingers or three? Because we got the faucet running. And I was like, four. Where do you think I store my library cards? Um, and like, it was like kind of getting there. But eventually I had to, you know, I stopped. Because um, it was just, it was too stressful at that point. Um, and, you know, I, I felt bad, but I still wanted to be supportive of him. So I was like, okay, uh, so, so your brother, um, does his dick work, <laughs> you know? Um, but no, no, I, I, was, I was trying to be supportive. And I think the thing with, like, trauma bonding with a one-night stand, or just trauma bonding in general, is that, like, your trauma needs to be, like, equal or more than the other person's. And so he's like, you know, my, uh, you know, my brother's struggling with cancer. I don't know if you have like a similar experience. And I was like, you know, I not exactly, but kind of, because when I was 13, my cousin stole my iPod and I told my aunt, I didn't have the proof, but I told my aunt and she called me a whore. So in some ways she's now dead to me, even though she's alive. Because she's just a terrible person. Okay. That was that was it. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. I'll I'll say one more thing. Uh. I was a part of a sorority, but just for one year. Okay. Um. I left very quickly. Uh. The thing that did it was we had this 
uh, the leadership made us do this sexual assault awareness campaign on campus. It was a poster campaign, and the tagline was "Consent is sexy." I was like, I didn't know consent was a suggestion. You know, that's like if I had an anti-pedophile campaign that said adults are ideal. You know, <laughs> which like. If you're going to make this campaign super male-centric, you might as well just be like, bitches love consent, you know? Or like, consent, get laid, you know? <laughs> okay, that's my time. Thank you, guys. Hooray! Confidence sing. Yay! Yay! We have a few comedians left. Uh, your next comedian, you're wearing, I forget your name, but you're wearing a white shirt with little blue things on it, and it's your turn. Yes, I put you on the list as that guy. Put your hands together for that guy. Damn, Pam. I think you hurt my feelings. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Hey, everyone. I'm Lorenzo. I'm a biomedical data scientist, so I hope you all are ready to learn something tonight. Specifically, after making fun of gay men's porn preferences last week, tonight we're going to make fun of straight women and bisexual men, okay? So, so uh, earlier this week in my lab, we were discussing, because uh, we get to access a bunch of Google Trends data, uh, all the shitty things that shitty parents look up on the internet, okay? So here's the number one thing that kind of really stood out to us, which is... Um, People look, parents look up, is my son gay, at 14 times the rate of, is my son a genius? Yeah, which is already bad, because parents look up, is my son a genius, at twice the rate they look up, is my daughter a genius? Super fucked up. And so we were thinking, like, why the hell are parents, like, so obsessed with, like, are, is my son, is my son gay? And so we were trying to, we were just, I mean, the traditional hypothesis. It must be all of these homophobic dads, right? But then shit got more interesting. So it turns out that if you go on Google worldwide in English-speaking countries, is my husband, auto-completes to, is my husband gay? Yep, yep. Women look up, is my husband gay, at 10% more the rate of, is my husband cheating? And at eight times the rate of, is my husband an alcoholic or depressed? I have no idea why the fuck that's happening, right? But clearly shows you that a lot of the stuff about is my son gay is coming from the moms being paranoid. And so we started exploring, like, what would be the evolutionary theory as to why women are so fixated about whether their son or husband is gay? And so we found another data point that kind of really, you know, figured this out for us. So there was a poll done recently by... Uh, what is it called? Glamorous Magazine, which mostly you know, interviews millennial women and Gen Z women, which makes it even more depressing because you would think this generation is progressive. 63% of women said they would not sleep with a man who has slept with other men. Yes, boo, boo. I don't care if it's like the feminist thing or whatever. Like, I think it's completely fucked up. But the reason they gave into is because they were worried about diseases spreading, which I think is even more fucked up. I'm like, why the fuck would you even do that? But here's what is even more fucked up, okay? It, it, we got super deep into this in the lab, right? So we looked up, okay, okay, hold on. But like, aren't women like super into gay porn? And so we looked it up, right? So 37% of people who watch gay porn on Pornhub are women. It's the number one category for women over 45. They're fucking lying. I don't understand why they're so paranoid about their husbands being bisexual, but then they go home and watch gay porn. Isn't that fucked up and completely incoherent, right? 
But then the evolutionary theory that one of my colleagues put forward is that the reason as to why, if you look at dating apps, for example, right, they're eight times more bisexual women than there are bisexual men. So part of it, obviously, is the stigma, right? Um, but then it's also super weird because, you know, y'all probably know this, right? Um, uh, gay men are much more frequent, you know, in terms of self-identification than gay women, right? So it's interesting. So they're way more bisexual women than bisexual men, but they're way more gay men than gay women, right? And the theory that my colleague put forth, who is a lesbian woman, I just want to put this out there, don't cancel her, right? Love you, Jaden. Um, yeah, she put forward that, yeah, like, so women are, some, uh, are very much paranoid both about diseases and by having even more competition, right, in terms of sexual temptation for their men, that basically women have been naturally selecting away bisexuality from the male population for a long enough timeline. Because obviously, when it's up to men, right, it's up to men figuring out, like, okay, do I want to reproduce with a woman who's bisexual? Any straight men in the audience, like I think all of us are like, yeah, double down, right? That's why there are eight times more bisexual women than bisexual men, obviously, um, which totally made sense to me. You know, Emily Ratajkowski, you know, the girl that straight women really hate, you know, but also admire at the same time. She came out as bisexual recently, and I was like, wow, she's hot, smart, and down for threesomes. Like, this is amazing, I swear. Like, um, but yeah, honestly, like this discussion that we ended up having in the lab was very much about like, we started with the parents. Right, you know, looking up, like, is my son gay, right, at such a disproportionate rate? And it ended with figuring out, like, oh my God, women are completely, like, out of control. They have this double standard where, like, you know, in the streets they want to watch gay porn, but in the sheets they want to have completely heterosexual men who's never going to have sex with any other men. And I think that's fucked up. But honestly, when I looked at the results, uh, they did a poll at the Tokyo Gay Film Festival earlier this year, 80% of the audience, 80% of the audience, was young girls who identified as heterosexuals who wanted to see two men kiss. That's how deep the fixation goes. Even young girls are getting obsessed with this now, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, have a good night, everybody. Yay! I gave you an extra minute because it was a TED Talk that I was super, super into. No, I was super into it. I'm super into it. I think that women can be bisexual because they have the ability to birth both men and women, and then they can have children suckle at their breast that are both men or boys and girls, and so therefore they have an infinite capacity for love that's different than if you don't have, if you can make life and make it be alive on both the male and female spectrum, I think that every woman is technically bisexual if she has a baby, I don't know. I've never had a baby to suck on my tits. So I don't know. I don't know what to say about that, but I'm assuming, I mean, I'm assuming it's horrible because they probably have teeth at some point. Your next comedian. Oh, Lee Wyatt isn't here, but Dan Britton is here. Dan Britton. Are you still here? Yeah. All right. Your next comedian, put your hands together for Dan Britton. Yay. Spooky music, sorry about the spooky music. How the fuck do I follow that? <laughs> Not Mr. I've looked through every Google statistic ever. But he's like, oh yeah, women like like dudes fucking. And then Pam is like, oh yeah, that's because women can make every kind of gender. And if only every woman would have their tits sucked by a gay baby, then... <laughs> And now I'm going to come up here and talk about being Irish. Hello, everybody. 
Great. Happy Halloween, whatever the fuck. Has anybody noticed that Pam is wearing the same costume that she painted a picture of herself wearing? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So anyway, my name is Dan. By the way, bro, you look like John Belushi if you never got into drugs. Not you. Not you. (laughs) Have you ever seen John Belushi? That's what I would say. He turned, he was like me. I was like, no. Relax, Mr. Orange Sweater. This is a fun group up front. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. Hey, I have the same phone. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about being Irish, okay? So uh, my name is Dan. Whenever people meet me, they often ask me if I'm one of two things, either Jewish or autistic. And it... I'm actually neither. I'm actually just Irish Catholic. Yeah, that never gets too many woos. (laughs) It's, uh, being Irish Catholic is awesome if you like not awesome things, like people wondering if you were molested as a kid or emotional abuse. Okay, so this joke's not gonna work. Let's talk about other aspects of being Irish. I was actually, uh, in Ireland earlier this year. I love Ireland, and I got to perform there for the first time, and that was great. I was doing a set, and then there were two English kids that walked in, like, late, and it was a guy leading a girl into the room going, come on, love, we're late to the show, and there's an American talking. What he didn't know was that I am also an Irish citizen, and I am a fucking Irish sleeper agent. So I was like, hey, what's up, England? And I go like this, and he goes to give me a high five, and I pull the hand out. I swear all of the Irish people in the room went fucking insane. They were like, oh! I was like, 1776, bitch! And he was like, this is the worst comedy show that we've ever attended. I can't believe we paid five bob for this. It's like, anyway. So uh, I think uh, that's all the jokes that I had, but I got a little more. Okay. What the fuck are you? This isn't a pumpkin, is it? (laughs) For a second, I was like, are you glued to the table? And then I was like, no, I'm just not strong (laughs) at all. (laughs) Anyway, um, great looking audience tonight. Um, Just a really attractive group of people. So anyway, <laughs> you guys like uh, like Dr. Pepper? Anybody here ever tried Dr. Pepper? Well, anyway, you guys ever uh, been to Vietnam? <laughs> okay. Anybody here ever? Uh <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here because I gotta go eat a burrito, but. Happy Halloween. Take care of yourselves. Good night. Dan Britton, everyone. Dan Britton. Hold on. Hi. Hi, actual people who are still here. Wonderful. So we're out of comedians, but I thought I could do a couple more jokes for you. Just to, you know. Also, for other comedians, uh, J.W. Blunt is having a party at his house. And I'll go over there, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, 
I love drugs. You love drugs? Yeah. I love I love drugs so much that I want to be an extra background extra on euphoria. I heard they give the extra ketamine to the extras. <laughs> you say, oh Pam, you are way too old to be a background extra on a show about high school students doing copious drugs. And I say, I am a Monet. I look really good from far away. And you get up close and you're like dots, slashes. What is holding that image together? Ketamine. (laughs) I don't know if you guys do cocaine, but if you've been doing it for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers, you smoke them. You're welcome. (laughs) What's your favorite drug? Ooh, deep cuts. Yeah, all the pixelated. Yeah. My favorite drug is midazolam. Uh, It's a real drug. It's a short-lived, fast-acting benzodiazepine. I've lost you. Benzodiazepines are like Valium or uh, Xanax, right? So doctors, uh, they're, they're the lorazepam, diazepam. Doctors call them the two-pam family. I'm like, yeah, I give them two-pam. <laughs> I love benzodiazepines. They're so good. So midazolam is a drug that they typically give you when you're getting an abortion. So during my second abortion, I only have one regret. So my legs were up in the stirrups and they'd give me the midazolam. I'm feeling good. And the doctor looks between my legs and he's like, okay, so it's like a five minute procedure. Some people talk. Some people don't talk. I was like, has anyone ever told jokes? I did jokes during my entire abortion. It was amazing. It was a killer set. You guys, it was a murdered. It was a bringer show. I left it there. It was great. I handed out like flyers at the end. The only regret I have about my second abortion is that they didn't let me take my phone in. So I couldn't tape the set. Like, were those the best jokes ever? Like, was it, it was like, what did I say? Was it life changing? Did it really matter? Who knows? Dressed as a cheerleader. I'm just saying abortion rights are really important, right? Because I am a responsible adult. I chose to not a baby. And America, ha ha, you're taking away those rights. I'm an alcoholic. I love drinking alcohol. If you, the, if I was forced to have a baby, America, like I'd have to drill some holes in my boyfriend's trunk so the baby could breathe while I'm hanging out at the bar. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the safest place for the baby. It's in the trunk of the car. I can't afford a babysitter. Right? And then, like, I have this imaginary child, America, that you made me have. And it's, like, nine. And it's in first grade for the fifth time. And the teacher's like, hmm. Ms. Benjamin, your child said that you love alcohol more than it. And I'm like, this is a sippy cup filled with vodka, you dumb bitch. I didn't want the kid. And then it turns 12, 
and it starts doing ketamine and I'm like who's your dealer I can take you to Burning Man like we can finally get to know each other we're gonna really get to know each other and then at 15 it teaches me that thing about smoking your boogers and I'm like yeah hell yeah and at 17 it finally dies from this crazy no like cocaine heroin to the vein one of those fucking what is it called speedball things and I'm like oh my god 17 years 17 years, that's the latest late-term abortion I could ever get. Like <laughs> It's a 17-year late-term abortion. I didn't want to put it through rehab four times. America. <laughs> I'm on Medi-Cal. I can't afford shit. That's all on you. That's my abortion. I just, I just think abortion should be. I'm wearing my abortion outfit, so I'm like, yay, let women have rights. Yay. Feminists, yay! Okay, the last thing I'll say. Okay, <laughs> I just i I got my twenty three and me back, and it's exciting. And they say you are what you eat, and I'm twenty eight percent Irish, and seventy two percent Trader Joe. I don't know if you love Trader Joe, but I'm. And I was like, "What's your favorite thing from Trader Joe? What's your favorite thing from Trader Joe's that you can only get at Trader Joe's? You have a favorite thing?" Chicken or pork? Yeah, you want to get rid of pork. I actually drink a ton of grapefruit juice from Trader Joe's. I need the acid because I'm so fucking basic. I am absolutely watching Love is Blind season three. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I am. Oh, yeah, I am. I'm basic as fuck. <laughs> I love watching them. The one girl, she's like, oh, my eyelashes are on wrong. I'm like, yes. And then uh, this, if, you, if, you get to, if you get to season three, episode seven, she starts, she's from Texas, and she talks about abortions for like 10 minutes. It's amazing. Today I was like, what? What? And it was great. And the guy was like, well, maybe you get one free abortion, and then the rest of them are like, and she's like, but what if you get raped after that? It was so good, and it's on Netflix. And I was like, ah! It's okay. We can have, we, women can do things or they can't. It's fine. All right, you've all been here, and you're all amazing. And what, did you want to do jokes? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You're a person that came to do jokes, but I don't know your name. You did not come, but you're, like, Italian, and you have, like, some jokes in Spanish. Do you want to? You look like you want to go up. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I was being funny. I was trying to be. Que pasa en tus pantalones? No, he's Italian. <laughs> but they, they sound so similar. Una fiesta de mis pantalones a todos vienen. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. See, you know a little bit. Sometimes I get so high, under, I understand Spanish on the bus. <laughs> Does it happen to you? You smoke so much pot, you're like, yeah, Jesus is totally cheating on Jacinta. Is there, did you want to, you look like a person. Okay, we can finish it up. Thank you for being here. You're all amazing. Um, J.W. Blunt is, has a house that's up on the end of the thing. We're all going to go there for other crazy things. So if you're welcome to come party with us if you want. Thanks for being at Muni Radio. I love that you're here. Yay, yay!
Folks, this is a flat black classic show on mutinyradio.fm. My baby don't have to work. She don't have to rob and steal. My baby don't have to work. She don't have to rob and steal.
we've been invited to the premiere of Purple Rain. <laughs> well, I hope some eaves drop on you for all the icicles you... Right now, I'm shaving. I don't shave my legs. I don't shave under my arms. I shave the ingrown brain cells off my brain. As you get older, your brain, which is like having two of you, as you get older, <laughs> when you were younger, it was a friend to play with, then the co-writer of all your material. As you get older, the brain becomes a psychiatrist to help shovel handle the invariable load. Drinking is medicine. Every hangover has its memories that have to be analyzed all day in bed. It takes supreme effort to affect any personality changes. Unvariable load as you get older, the brain. And every step forward toward is like a mentally retarded teenager learning to drink from a cup again. Miles of cars and rush hour traffic line my soul. And every glance I cast reels in a fish of infidelity. Thanks. I don't know. I sure am glad all this stuff is coming out about them bugging folks' phone and mugging folks and stealing stuff. Yeah, that's right. I'm glad it's coming out. I, uh, <clears throat> I was on television. And I tried to explain on this show, it's a talk show, you know, that I don't know why the government bugs my phone, right? Oh, this cat got upset. Mr. Gregory, I had to fire you to come on nationwide television accuse the United States government of bugging your phone. What evidence do you have? Say, evidence is my phone. He said, in order to accuse the United States government of bugging your phone, you have to have concrete evidence. When did you find out your phone was bugged? I said, one night, I got ready to call my brother and picked up the phone. He was already on the line. <laughs> and he ain't got no telephone. <laughs> no, the cat told me, that's not enough evidence to accuse the United States government of bugging your phone on nationwide television. You have to have concrete evidence. Now, how do you know your phone's bugged? I said, I know my phone's bugged. Anytime a black cat in America can own Bell Telephone $12,000 and they don't cut the phone off, <laughs> it's tapped. <laughs> Y'all see them letters I get from the phone company once a month. Dear Mr. Gregory, y'all care to pay anything on the bill this year? <laughs> you realize every government agency bugs my phone? Every government agency bugs my phone. CIA, the FBI, Army Intelligence, the state of Illinois, the city of Chicago. I even got a local peon sheriff deputies running around my bushes with tape recorders. <laughs> had a cat came by my house when they said, hey man, you got bushes look just like feet. <laughs> I said, I got some bushes I'm gonna cut one day too. <laughs> I don't understand why all these government agencies bug my phone. I don't know nothing. I'm not into nothing. Man, I'm so out of it. Sometimes I pick up the phone and ask the cat down the basement on tap. Anything going on tonight? <laughs> it really upsets my lawyers. They want to go to federal court and get an injunction to get the time. Man, leave it on. Anytime somebody's bugging your phone and you know they're bugging it, you can have more fun with them than they can have with you. <laughs> After this show is over, I'm going to the hotel and call my wife. When she pick up the phone, I'm read the alphabets off to her backwards. <laughs> it might sound funny to you. They'd be up all night trying to crack that code. I like preserve. Oh, nuts. 
Okay, your serve. One here. Oh, you serve, excuse me. Right. One all. One, two. One, three. Four. Your serve. Four, two.
Beth stretched her big long neck downward and looked far below. Flat Black Classic is a show on MutinyRadio.fm, coming to you from the sunny Mission District, the corner of 21st in Florida. Keep on listening. 